Black True Crime is a podcast that researches and discusses murders committed by Black offenders. It is a podcast that anyone and everyone is welcome to enjoy, but it may not be enjoyed by anyone and everyone, so listener discretion is advised. Now, without further ado, this is Black True Crime. Hello, everyone. Hey, guys. What's going on? I'm Kayla. And I'm Kristen. And this is Black True Crime. Once again, we back. If this is your first time here at the show, welcome. And hello, friend. Hi. (laughs) What's poppin'? (laughs) We're really excited to be back for part two of this KFC Murders little series. I don't want to say series, but this case. Mm-hmm. And we were ready to get straight into it. Straight into it. We're not going to waste any time. The only thing I'm going to tell you at the top is you already know we're going on tour in 2023. We're announcing the second leg of um, cities like next month. So get on Instagram because that's where everything is going to be announced firsthand. Instagram or Patreon. Yep. So, yeah. Get on it. BlackTrueCrime.com is the only place you can get your tickets. So yeah, go check it out. Are you ready, sister? Yes. Okay. After swabbing a white box used to hold cash register tapes and a napkin found behind the counter at KFC, they finally found something. They got a DNA match for Darnell Hartsfield and his cousin, Romeo Pinkerson. Oh, Darnell and Romeo. Mm-hmm. Y'all and this- did it. Yes. Yeah, so these are the same men 20 years ago that were mentioned three weeks after the murders talking about they was uh hoe hustling (laughs) yeah transport you know human trafficking is what they were busy doing that was their alibi but it's just it's crazy well romeo's alibi was him being in jail wow and like i I said it's like how long did it take them to figure out that he actually was out of jail like never revisited it stupid they probably didn't have a lot of paperwork back then but mm-hmm. even at the same time even if they found out he wasn't in jail they had no dna they had nothing to hold him to yeah. this crime right even with not having a lot of paperwork back then they made flyers that had romeo and darnell listed on them as persons of interest which was supposed <laughs> to do what i don't know bitch it's like <laughs> i guess it's like you know if you have information about these two bring it to us type of thing and like you think the 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 jail house is supposed know. to call in and be like, no, he wasn't here. I'm not saying it like I know why they did it. I'm just saying it because it's what they did. This is crazy. I'm so pissed off. <laughs> when examined closer, Darnell and Romeo did not have real alibis. So Darnell wasn't really with the prostitutes. I don't like that word. With the sex workers, um, he lied about that, which is very interesting for him to choose to lie about that because who chooses to be like, oh yeah, I was trafficking prostitutes instead of murdering people. You could have said you was laid out with your bujong. I guess it's a lesser crime and he was used to doing crime. So maybe he was like, this is just what I know. Terrible. Romeo was actually released two days before the murder. Like I said at the top. Mm-hmm. I didn't remember that fact, by the way. I just Ooh. thought it was probably a simple... Uh, Mix up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good job. Thanks. 
So forensic investigators also went back and were able to find a stain on Opie's clothes. Mm-hmm. So that stain turned out to be sperm, unfortunately. Disgusting, foul, egregious, horrid. Are you and, serious? Yeah. And now investigators understood why Opie wasn't with all the other victims. <sighs> so Opie was actually, you know, sexually sexually violated. She was raped before she was killed. Men are so... Some men are so disgusting. Some men are just so... Their need for control and domination just takes them to a level of putrid, awful human being. He's like, I gotta get one off before the night is done. Like, you're you're sick. Speaking of, side note, uh, there's this lady, I don't know if you saw it on Instagram, but she was a Russian lady who was trying to... I guess somebody was trying to rob her and then she took the gun from him and ended up holding him for three days as a sexual slave. (gasps) What? Literally held him for three days and he was her sex slave for three days. Whatever she wanted. And like he was not obviously he wasn't willing. This is right. But she right. She probably, you know, had her ways of persuasion. Like, nigga, you try to rob me. Oh my god, Kristen. Isn't that crazy? Russians don't fuck around, bitch. No, they don't. And she was gorgeous. And you could tell she has a sick mind. (laughs) She was already had her own fantasies long before this man tried to rob her. It's giving Natasha Voroskova from Marvel. You're hilarious. (laughs) Don't you come for my girl. She's so fine. Love her. On November 10th, 2004, apparently from the conversations investigators did have with Darnell, I couldn't find much about this, by the way, he vehem- v- vehemently... <laughs> he vehemently, vehemently... <laughs> yes. He's growling through it, vehemently. <laughs> um, as soon as you said vehemently, I knew what you were trying to say. It cracked me up. I fail every time. He (laughs) profusely denied to a Russ County grand jury being involved in murders. He even denied ever being at the KFC. You a lie. Live from the pit of hell. Mm. So because of the DNA found at the scene, hello, that matched him, a grand jury indicted his ass on aggravated perjury charges. And guess what, y'all? He was facing life for the shit. Ooh. Mm-hmm. You f- you face life for perjury? For lying? You can face up to life for perjury, depending on what the lies are involved in. Dang. Yeah, so. I'm happy they threw the book at him. They were trying to get him in any way, I guess, but I know they're going to get them on the murders because of that DNA evidence. Right, and you're only happy because the people are guilty. Right. But if they were trying to do this to an innocent person, this is complete manipulation. Oh, this is a crime, is it? I mean, <laughs> is if- it a crime that you still want me? Nope, that's not how it works. <laughs> well, that's not okay. <laughs> On July 30th, 2005, Romeo Pinkerton is arrested in Tyler on charges of burglarizing Griffin Elementary School and invading <laughs> arrest detention. And he was convicted for that in 2006. So let's get this mother effing straight. They have DNA evidence that these men are killers and they're mm-hmm. still on the street. Yeah. 
Romeo, why are you graffitiing elementary schools? What are we doing? Was that your old elementary school? You felt away. <laughs> a teacher told you you wouldn't be no good one day. Like, I'm just, what are we doing? Schools only have money. So it's not even You got like away you. with what murder you and you're graffitiing an elementary school wall. It's giving there was some drugs involved or he, like we said, he doesn't have all his shit about him. That part. So when it comes to Darnell's perjury trial, a lot of stuff came out in the trial in regards to like Darnell's character. So Darnell's defense challenged the issues in the case, such as the chain of evidence and how reliable it was. Um, the information Detective Pirtle testified to in one of the grand jury hearings saying that rolls of crime scene footage had been destroyed and issues with assigning a lead detective to the case. AKA mm. the investigation was a fucking mess. <laughs> Which it was. Yes. It took them apparently three months to even assign someone, and they were never really able to recover the chaos that this caused. But Miss Tanner brought out a key witness, nay, victim, that would open everyone's eyes to who Darnell Hartsfield really is. And okay. it was a woman, mm-hmm, and it was a woman named Beverly Uzel, a former convenience store worker in the Tyler, Texas area, and she testified that two days after the murders, Hartsfield pulled a gun on her. Oh, oh yeah. So this is definitely pertaining to the case. This is something they needed to have in the in the trial. Okay, so Hartsfield pulled a gun out on this woman. Correct. Two days after what he had just did. Correct. Okay. According to the according to the information that came out at the trial, Darnell and Romeo were in the store when they overheard the cashier talking about the money in the safe. So remember when Star was like, damn, she shouldn't have said that so loud. Well, (sighs) somebody else was thinking, damn, she really shouldn't have said that so loud. My God. Kim slash Mary. We don't know who said, we don't know who said it at this point. I think it was Kim though, but she wasn't, you don't think that, oh, someone's listening out. No, people nosy, people nosy. They then left the restaurant and hid in the back until it closed. So Joey Johnson went out the back door to take the trash out. And that's when Darnell and Romeo approached him with guns. He tried to do something super heroic and he grabbed a like fryer and he hit Romeo and forever engraved his DNA at the scene. So that's how, yeah, that's how they were able to like, cause like Romeo was leaking. So they Mm -hmm. had Romeo's blood at the scene too. Okay. Mary Tyler was hit in the mouth sometime during the struggle, probably with like the butt of a gun. And somehow Darnell also got cut. So he left his DNA there in multiple ways as well. Okay, well, you know, it sounds like they were fighting and I'm here for all of that. Absolutely. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. A bleeding Mary Tyler was escorted to the back where she bled onto a filing cabinet. Then they took the money and then piled all five of the victims into the back of the van. I don't know whose van it was, 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I guess it may have been one of theirs or just the stores. I don't know. And they drove 14.2 miles out of town. This is the part I don't understand. Why couldn't you have just robbed them and kept it moving? Like, yes, mm-hmm. they saw your faces, but at the same time, this isn't your first crime. So right. even if they all been like, those are the ones who did it, you know, it's, it's literally a petty crime in comparison to murder. Right. But you also have to think it's kind of like why you know, rapists kill their victims. You you just don't want to get caught. And being that they probably had records before this and were facing like, oh, if I get in trouble again, I could really go back to jail because they were probably on fucking probation or something. You know, it was just like, save our asses. And wow. maybe and maybe it wasn't just as simple as that. Maybe it's just they really were as sick and vindictive and just evil yeah. as they seem. So once they got to that deserted oil rig area, they forced everyone out of the car, walked them into the field, and told them all to lay down on the ground. And that corroborates what was found at the scene because everyone, like, was laying on their foreheads. Yeah. In the end of that short-ass trial, Hartsfield was found guilty of aggravated perjury and sentenced to life in jail. Mm, Bye. (laughs) So there's no chance you're getting out, sir. So not even for murder, but the sentence is just so I mean Because he lied to us. Once the verdict was read, he was said to have not even flinched, didn't care, didn't give a damn. Uh, We can't expect people to value life. I say this all the time. It's selfish for us to think that they deem life as precious as we do. It's just which is life. which is us, which is like, okay, duh, because like you just killed five people. You clearly don't value life, but you don't even value your own. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. something that's hard for me to understand because that's all we got it really is our own lives. But okay, lock him up and throw away the key if he doesn't care. Exactly. So confident with the information they'd gathered up until this point on November 17th, 2005, more than 20 years after the killings, Texas Attorney General Greg Abbott announced the indictments of both Pinkerton, Romeo, and Hartsfield. What's his name? Darnell. Darnell. On five capital murder counts apiece. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm really happy about that, too, because if they walked away from that or even went to jail forever and didn't face a jury for those crimes, like, I don't think it would ever seem like justice for those families. Right. And I'm happy that it happened to be for all five of the victims because, you know, they'd be trying to play, well, we don't have enough, you know, evidence for this victim, so we're just mm-hmm. going to leave them out. I'm mm-hmm. happy it was for all five of them. Right, right. And because they did it in such a cold and just execution style type of way, mm-hmm. they they could have never doubted that or got away with it at least. So now it's time for Romeo Pinkerton's trial. And Kristen, please. And if you guys are on Patreon, you see her. So this whole time, Romeo's saying, oh, they planted this blood, right? That blood wasn't there. They stole that from us. He, he said, quote, the case is all about conspiracy. If you look at this, you've got two black guys. That's all that matters. Romeo, shut up, okay? <laughs> you've been out for 20 years. Just count your blessings and be happy they're getting you right when you're about to potentially croak. I was about to say, you're going to jail, sir. I don't even know how old he is at this right, point. Right, at this he, point. He's not giving in the looks department at all. He's not aging well either. And I don't know if he was on drugs because it kind of does give drugs. It doesn't just give street Negro, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, it looks like Darnell and him were on drugs together. Yeah. they, they were Darnell into... more so than him. Ooh, yeah. Kayla, ooh, wait a minute. <laughs> 
This is a new picture. <laughs> no, you showed us this before. I just didn't appreciate it as much as I do now. No, he Romeo looks, looks like he's slurred and blurred. Mm-hmm. And Darnell definitely looks like he has a little bit more wits about him. But they both look like they have a pipe. I'm looking at Crackhead Pinky in the Brain. So on October 25th, 2007, opening arguments started. And by October 20th, Romeo would be found guilty on all five murder charges. Ooh, so Darnell's gone. Romeo's gone. Why are they indicting Darnell for the murders if he's already locked up for life for grand perjury? Because, like I said, he still killed them. He still is facing murder charges. They just didn't Mm -hmm. have enough evidence to hit him with that. But they did have enough evidence to hit him with the perjury. Okay. Because think about it. If they didn't have the evidence of the perjury, they could have still had him out on the street. Yeah, While they were still trying to get enough evidence to charge him with the murders. So Okay. Double whammy it. We're fine with that. Mm -hmm. So for the prosecution side, Miss Tana addressed the fuck-ups in the investigation. She just ripped the investigators apart. And she did it before the defense could, which was smart. Okay. Because she knew the defense is going to have a field day with the mess of an investigation that this was. But she made sure to point out the things that they couldn't miss. So the things that they did fuck up on, one of them at least that we didn't talk about yet, is that the semen that was found on Opie belonged to a third suspect so it didn't uh, even it didn't even belong to romeo or darnell shut up exactly so, so who ex- else was there we don't know remember we talked about how there was possibly a third suspect and they think it was yes. like some guy named earl or something like that i'm not i can't remember his name um but i don't even know if he comes back up in this case oh my god which is insane Right. And Darnell didn't say nothing about no third person while he was popping his. I don't think he'd, he definitely didn't snitch. That's one thing he didn't do. So okay. Darnell's defense team, Jeff Hyde and David Griffith, expected this tactic from Linda and had a plan. Okay, Griffith well, her started. Name is Linda or her name is Tanner? Her first name is Linda. Her last okay. name is Tanner. Okay. Griffith started by saying that in 1983, no one knew anything about DNA and they damn sure didn't know about preserving it or protecting it so them even testing the blood stains on monte lander's shirt or you know the semen and stuff like that that's not reliable evidence period point blank i don't know like with cold cases you can't just be like oh you can't test that anymore that's not fair (laughs) i think all of the testing should be done because it's like you test it and then you get a sample to test it against it you don't take someone's dna and then mix it with your sample and somehow get that person's dna out of that you know what i'm saying like right you get a profile and then you compare that profile to a separate profile so i'm not really sure how what what, what they were trying to suggest with that like how could this go wrong you think some bacteria got right. on it in the last five ten years and that changed the dna to now match old boys <laughs> like exactly it's not exactly. giving that it's not likely Then he proceeded to urge the jury to ignore their emotions and look at the evidence because, quote, this case is built on not only the evidence that you hear, but also the evidence you don't hear. You're telling humans to ignore their emotions. Kristen, you're supposed, Kristen, first of all, yeah, that part was stupid. Let's talk about this Wednesday. (laughs) Evidence I don't hear. What is that saying? If you're presenting so it to me, it? I'm hearing about it. it. He's not even saying seeing, Kristen. He's not saying that. He's saying like, pay attention to what you don't notice in this case or pay attention to the aspects missing in this case. I don't know. Don't confuse me, bitch. You're supposed to make it <laughs> one plus two equals three for me. 
bad, you know, we send this this man to jail or not. That's what it is. Like, right. <laughs> no, Mr. Magoo, under a shoe, troll under a bridge, riddle me. <laughs> Don't be hitting object me and telling me, <laughs> try to see what I can't see, find what I can't see. Don't be black mirroring me and be telling me how to look at my reality. <laughs> like, what? Don't be telling me this is a matrix that we're all living in. <laughs> Kristen, we are doing too much. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm having fun. <laughs> Don't be telling me no illusion. Much. I'm in an illusion. I'm in the matrix and I'm plugged into a reality and I need to unplug myself to see what's real and what's not. And I'm on damn VR and I'm on damn, damn Metaspace, Metasplex, whatever it's called. Damn. <laughs> Don't tell me to buy virtual real estate <laughs> to a house I can't even live in. How did we get here? How did we get here? <laughs> okay. Anyway. Back to the case. So. This long uh, ass case. I know. <laughs> so basically, it just came down to a lot of science. Hoopity bloopity blob. And they were like, listen, <laughs> we tested it. It's right. Stop fucking pressing us. <laughs> it's all right. Don't all right, question right. science. Oh, and remember the van, the white van that was used to transport the five victims? Mm-hmm. Well, it was. It turned out to belong to a man named Robert Franklin who was using the van for his cleaning service at the time of the murders. Okay. And he would then go to like testify that he let his friend, Elton Winston, borrow his van on occasions, and it was through Winston that he met Darnell Hartsfield. Ooh. So we, because you said Elton. You did say Elton before. So this could possibly be the third suspect. Definitely. But he claims he never met or doesn't remember meeting Romeo Pinkerton. That's what Elton says. I'm sorry. No, that's what Robert Franklin, the van owner, says. But he said Mm -hmm. he did meet Darnell and he met him through Elton. Oh. Robert says he, he then sold the van for $50 to somebody, to a man, because he said he needed some repairs for it. It was too expensive and he wanted to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. which is sketchy as hell and it's giving lies let me find a truck for $50 that needs repairs <laughs> I don't care what that truck has been through I'm okay, not calling truck. Kelly Blue Book um, no. give me the truck the car facts don't matter bitch if no. it has a frame and an engine I'm, we're gonna go give me the truck in 1984, a police officer would pull over the same van for speeding and driving with a suspended license around 2.30 a.m. with Elton Winston as the driver. Which it's like, so if you sold the van for $50, who did you sell it to? If Elton was caught driving it after you claim you sold it. He probably sold it to Elton. I don't know. He said he's claiming that he sold it to someone that he and he can't recall. That's what he's claiming. But it's like, you know, Elton. So there are lies attached in there. Robert, you're not an innocent guy. Rob, Bob, you know, you sold it to Elton. You sold it to Elton. An inmate named Ronald Knoll met Romeo when he was housed in the Smith County Jail and testified in court against him. He -hmm. said that although Romeo never admitted to being at the KFC, he did admit to other robberies that he committed with his cousin in the past. Which is just like nailing the coffin for a jury in my in my eyes. Mm-hmm. By the way, that inmate received no deal, so he didn't even have like a reason to lie about it. 
But this wasn't the only time that Romeo was popping off in jail. There were like other times that he was known to talk about like, yeah, I did that. And yeah, I was involved in that. And, you know, allude to being the killer. This is weird, though, because just like in the beginning, you were saying how he wasn't saying peep, nothing, not a word. Right. Not to investigators, but like to people in jail. He was probably mm. trying to get his street cut up and stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. he even held like an imaginary gun to his head and pulled the trigger when he was telling people about the case now i don't know what was released to the media back then i don't know if it was specifically told that everyone was shot in their heads execution style but yeah. that's a interesting fact for romeo to know mm-hmm. he was there Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't even get to the point that he could be sentenced because by Tuesday, so Friday was when the trial or whatever for that week ended. By Tuesday, they had a plea agreement. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. After getting their asses kicked, Romeo and his team <laughs> decided to just plead guilty to all of the murder charges. Woo! And in return, he dodged a death penalty and received five life sentences. <laughs> Whoa, okay, well, what a deal. Like, tie that on to your knuckle belt. Talk about a, a, a chain and ball attached to your freaking ankle. Yeah, you're going nowhere, sir. Wow. So because of something called allocution, I think that's how you say it, the agreement does not require the person to divulge the details of the crime. So he doesn't even have to admit that he actually, you know, was there that day. He doesn't have to share what happened. Mm-hmm. He just gets to, but we for the families know, so. obviously, well nosy people like us, and for the families like they deserve to know what their peoples went through if that's something that they want to know. Mm-hmm. But of course, Ro- Romeo and Darnell are just trash. At his sentencing, the families of the victims came forward to speak. Linda Lanners, the mother of Monty, David Maxwell Jr., who was the unborn son of David Maxwell, so his mm-hmm. wife was pregnant at that time, which is just heartbreaking. It's tough. And then Opie's children and her husband, Jack, were there. Jack said, quote, look at me. He shouted this at Romeo. You had no right. No one has the right to be the animal that you are. Thank you for looking at me. And then he like took a deep breath. I want you to think of me for the next 100 years. When you draw your last breath, that's when your punishment will begin. Ooh. That was curse. He like cursed him. He cursed him from the bottom of his heart. I felt that power in my And when he said, thank you for looking at me, I knew something was coming. Yeah. Something that he will probably never forget. Right. Like eye contact, windows to the soul. Look at my soul because I'm cursing you with it. Piece of shit. A year and a half after taking the plea, Romeo did an interview from jail claiming that he was innocent. He said, quote, The real killer is out there still walking around. I'm innocent all day long in this case. I never took anybody's life. You ain't innocent, but is a killer still walking around? That's the question. At least, at the very least, a rapist. Because if it's true that the semen found on Opie was not Romeo or Darnell, we're still looking for somebody. (coughs) Elton. (coughs) Allegedly. Right. I suspect. I suspect Elton. Okay. My and now we're at my little eye. Elton John. Just kidding. <laughs> now we're at Darnell's trial. Dang. And Darnell's been locked up for how long at this point? Fuck him. Not long enough, Kristen. <laughs> he is the one that got 
uh, the life sentence for the perjury. Mm-hmm. Darnell got out of his jail cell like, I'm out for this. <laughs> he probably <laughs> excited just to be out. Just to be on the scene. Mm. Well, this time, Darnell seemed to like actually show emotion did he the trial a little bit more i guess and he did so because his sister was actually there and i guess that's one person that he really really loved so Mm. it affected him oh wow the jury was able to hear from some of the family members in this case it was basically like the same information that was brought up in romeo's case was brought up in darnell's case the first officer on the scene that night testified and he said he didn't remember seeing a box at the restaurant, but also wasn't necessarily like looking for that, that box. So he's basically just trying to show that they weren't so terrible at their job or as terrible as they were giving Okay, with that, with that investigation. The defense then focused on the sloppy investigation and pointed out the key sketchy things, you know, whatever. We already talked about all of that. And in the end, homeboy would be found guilty. Period. That's all we care about. Mm-hmm. By October 1st, 2008, Darnell would be found guilty of all of the murder charges and was sentenced to life. Did he take a plea deal? From what I see, he was convicted. Hmm. Okay. Because <laughs> right? they gave Romeo a harsh sentence. So was Romeo more so involved? Maybe it's because he spoke up less like remember he was not cooperative mm-hmm. and also maybe because of the things that he was telling people in jail they mm-hmm. just felt like they had more of a chance with that and then some other facts of the case so there was more remember we talked about the blood that was on the scene so maybe some of the blood they found suggested that he was more you know culpable than darnell who knows okay but either way both of these men were fully on board with taking these people's lives. You can't say one was more so the ringleader and the other was a follower. They both chose to do this. They did. So still keeping the faith, on September 7th, 2012, Romeo Pinkerton and Darnell Hartsfield requested um, new DNA testing in the case, but that request was denied. Oops. Just what they get. And their five life sentences were upheld. Wow, Kayla. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we can talk about like their life in prison but who really cares i mean mm-hmm. darnell he spends a lot of time like reading and he likes philosophy books and mm-hmm. western so these people are they're smart mm-hmm. they're just murderers yeah senseless emotionless merciless murderers and it's sad because it's like dang if you had something to do you know something to tweet your thumbs with something if if some, one thing may have changed would you have turned out this way exactly Exactly. And what happened to you that that switch just, I mean, hits you in the face like that. Mm-hmm. It's completely shocking. I pray to God it never happens to me. Because if your psyche is that fragile, let's be serious. It could happen to anyone with the right trigger or trauma. Absolutely. Sometimes I feel like I'm on the edge. Kristen, you better tell me before I'll be shy. I commit you before anything. Kill you'll commit me? God, I will commit you. I will I will perform an exorcist on you. You will not. Bitch. (laughs) The demon will look at you and be like, I know Paul. I know Jesus. But who are you? (laughs) Anyway, y'all, the third perpetrator, however, the one that raped Opie and we assume killed her as well, is still out there somewhere. According 
According to Detective Pertel in 2014, he said, quote, the fact that they still have not implicated the third, the third person tells me two things. One, that he is still alive and two, that he is kinfolk. Kinfolk? First of all, Detective Pertel, you better be black. Your skin <laughs> better be let, sir. Kinfolk don't sit right with me. As soon as he said kinfolk, I'm like, I need to see who's talking. Who is this is he person? Racist? Who is this person? What does he know that I don't? <laughs> yeah. Those so. two conclusions that he came to were the best things I've ever heard in this entire case. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's plain as day. Anybody with two eyes would see that there was a association. A third you know? person was there via the semen, via the connections to the van. And they didn't say not two pennies about the third person. So after their convictions, they did some interviews, um, namely Darnell. So Darnell did an interview and he said, quote, one of the victim's mother said, I don't want no one to be set up to take this case just to bring closure to me and the rest of the families. Well, that's exactly what happened. Me and my cousin, Romeo Pinkerton, we were stooges for the state, you know, to solve the case. The people's family members, they wanted closure. I went to DPS around December of 1983 and I passed a polygraph test. At the time, I had no scars on me whatsoever by body examination by Stuart Dowell. And they talked about the amount of blood that was left at the KFC, that whoever's blood that was had to have been severely injured. My cousin Romeo was scared to die. He knew they was going to kill him if he went to trial. They said, we'll offer you five life sentences and we'll take your death penalty off. I said, I'd rather go to my grave because I'm innocent than to admit to something I didn't do. I don't particularly know how my blood got there, but I know that I wasn't there. My attorneys could find no paper trail. All they could come up with was a box that came in at a later date. There were no pictures of that box at the KFC. So I I took a picture of this box. Like I have a picture. I, po- I showed it. This is the box. It does have blood on it. Mm-hmm. But there was more blood on the scene. So we can't even say that the blood on this box was like the only blood that was tied to Romeo. Because with that, I would say, okay, he does have a a case there because this is the only blood at the scene. Mm -hmm. And then when he when Go ahead. But Dalton is the one who's screaming. Darnell. Excuse me. Darnell. (laughs) (laughs) Who's screaming. I wasn't there. I wasn't there. But at the same time, it's like Darnell. First of all, you're the only connection to the van via Elton. So mm-hmm. if it wasn't you, it had to have been Elton. So right. what's, what is it giving? Because the, the dude who gave Elton the van knows you. Mm-hmm. And that van was at the crime scene. Yeah. And this is the thing. It's like, it's not like these murders happen and then the investigators had time to be like, okay, we're going to blame it on these two people and this is how we're going to build that case up. They were given information on that day from Star Powers. They had, you know, there was eyewitness testimonies and stuff that they had to go off of. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they could even say, oh, well, tell Star, you know, say you saw two black eyes and then we're just going to say these are the two black eyes and we have their blood on file. Like, I don't know. I feel like we've seen them do a bunch of corrupt things, but I think it's just a bit of a stretch to say that they completely blamed these murders on these two guys yeah like stooges of the state do you rap darnell because we're not gonna do <laughs> he reads so he does good with his words 
I don't know. It's just hard. It's hard to believe Darnell. It's hard to believe Romeo. They they did not just pull you out of their crack. You guys were involved in the case 20 years prior, and now 20 years later, you're convicted because now we're able to see, you know, DNA tests, blood, and things like that. The only place they stopped short of was figuring out who does that semen belong to. Exactly. So concerning the rape of one of the victims, Hartfield said, it didn't happen and he didn't do it at least he said quote i got eight sisters and i got a mother and i would give my life before i would see that happen to another individual to a female Mm. you think mankins jr did it said the interviewer so that's what the interviewer asked him and then hartfield said i'm not going to sit here in this camera and tell you that he did that but what i'm saying is it's a possibility I'm saying that by his daddy being friends with the lead investigator, I feel like the impropriety of it. The lead investigator should have been dismissed himself from the case because he was too close. Mm. And I will close on this note. God knows my innocence. And that's all that matters to me. Wow. Very convincing, Darnell. Very convincing. Kristen's also very gullible. And as you guys saw from the last episode, she <laughs> she does get emotionally moved by... Things that seem genuine. But we have to also understand there's sociopaths and psychopaths that prey on people like that. Well, first of all, I'm not very gullible. I'm just gullible. And second of all, yes, I am moved by the emotions and the sincerity of people. But I said convinced. I didn't say I was convinced. It's just, you know, what he was saying or how he was saying in the big words he was using, you know, and then... I was just going to say bringing Jimmy Mankins Jr. into it as if he said, I'm just saying he could have done that. But she was there. You know, like you were there. You know who did it. So let's just cut to the chase. But they still want to play games even though they're locked up. Okay. Right. Yeah. But you're going to serve the sentence. Because you, whatever. I don't know. I think they did it. I think they did it. You know, but I am not a all seeing eye. I am not God. I don't know. Mm hmm. So we want to talk a little bit about the families right before we close out this episode. So some of the family members of the victims recently broke their long silence on the case and shared the shared how the murders affected them. Lena Maxwell, who is now Lena Dunkerley, she was David Maxwell's widow, mm-hmm. sat in her Houston office and talked about the past 30 years and how it was just really hard on her. She moved away from Kilgore to escape you know, the feelings that she had about losing her man. And she was always viewed as the girl who married that KFC victim. Hmm. So it was just, That's tragic. The people that die aren't the only people that lives, you know, are ruined from stuff like this. Yeah, if anything, they've escaped pain now. And like the people that are still here have to deal with the pain of them being gone. Absolutely. Uh, 47-year-old Kirstie Nicholson, she was Monty Lander's older, I'm sorry, younger sister. And she said it completely changed their mother. I mean, she had her other kids, but it was, she cried every single night. And you know, watching your mom just grieve like that, it changes you too. Completely. She said, quote, I had to lay in bed with her and she cried and not just cry. She's like wailing, like I've never heard anyone cry before. And she said that her mother said, quote, I can't believe I laid here in bed asleep as my child was being murdered out in the woods. Oh, goodness. The guilt that no mother should feel because she couldn't have controlled this, you know, even if she tried. 
And no matter how hard she tries, you know, she takes on all of that guilt, all of that pain. Oh, yeah. I think being a good mother makes the task or like the responsibility of being a mother that much harder on you. Oh, facts. And then like you were a good mother this whole time and then you lost your kid. So all Mm -hmm. of my, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, it's just a double whammy. Yeah. But yeah, so despite having five life sentences, Romeo Pinkerton has been eligible eligible for parole twice. And um, in 2021, I believe, in June, it was denied for the second time. Darnell Hartsfield isn't eligible until January of 2023, which is literally next month. month. Disgusting. And I hope the result is the same for him. Wow. Because how are you... Fa- how... How are you facing parole? <laughs> Five life sentences. Which parole? Which life sentence? You're what? Yeah. I, huh? I have a I have a letter to write to somebody before January. A, I feel like the only reason they have a possibility for parole is because this is a cold case. And because mm-hmm. it took, you know, 20 years to nail the guy. And maybe there is some space in there. It's like, well, we convicted you, but you still are able to, you know, get out. It's just insane. I have to, I have to figure out when these men were born. I just have to, because how old were they when they did this? This was in 1983. Mm-hmm. So in 2019, he is 60. So that means in 1983, he was, <laughs> <Math>. <laughs> oh, that's like 30 years. That's 36 years. So he was like 24. Mm-hmm. So then he was born in... So they were young. They yeah. were young. That's why I just need to know. I need to know if they were young. <laughs> when this happened. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. So... Yeah, there we go. Let's... Are we done? Yeah, that's the full case. And as of right now, the third suspect is still out. The third suspect killed five people and is walking the streets. He killed five people. He was complicit in killing five people. He could have, he raped a person. Yes. And he is still out. Wow. Yes, sir. So that was terrible. Horrible. And it definitely had to be a two-parter because it was just a lot going on. And I didn't want to bombard you guys with a bunch, you know, in one episode. Plus, we know Um, if we gave y'all a two-hour episode, you would love to see that again. And I'm just not up for that. <laughs> it's never going to happen again. It'll <laughs> never happen. Krista said, make sure you let them know this will never happen. <laughs> so, so let us know what you guys thought about this case. This was a case that, I mean, I included so much information. I cut out a lot of it just because it was, I mean, nitty gritty trial stuff. And that's how I was when we first started. Um, but yeah, some things just aren't totally necessary to include in some names and i just had to dundle it down a little bit so if i didn't this probably would have been three hours long yes but you guys can definitely watch some documentary type episode shows about this case if you want more of a deep dive than we did yes indeed and as far as east texas goes y'all kfc murders not giving east Mm -hmm. texas not giving at all no creepy town creepy town i'm not going to kilgore Mm-mm. and we know where tyler is tyler is not too far from where you live mm-hmm. so. it's near Terrell. oh yeah it's Terrell. well thank you guys so much for listening to this episode don't forget to get your tour tickets because we need to see y'all's faces period yeah you guys come see us and thanks yes. for listening
Yes, we love you so much. And before we go, be safe, protect your peace, and protect your space. So we don't have to cover your case, friend. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can stream all of our episodes on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and even Facebook. It's the best way to help the show grow, and it's completely free. For bonus content, you can find us on Patreon. And for more information about the show, you can visit BlackTrueCrime.com. See you next time.